third down and 20. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Third and 20 Dynasty Podcast. I'm JT, back again with Jake, Frank, and Lunas. Um, I did look a little better in the last episode. I got a shout out to Frank for making me have a nice figure. Um, <laughs> what's up, everyone? Uh, guys, we're only like a month away from preseason football. Less than a month, I think, at this point. I'm, I'm ready for the preseason overreactions. I think we're I'm under ready. eight weeks away. From regular season. Yeah. Yeah. Preseason is oh. the biggest bait. Don't fall for it. <laughs> I did we'll that. See. Oh, JJ Arcega Whiteside at 120 yards and seven catches. My I should trade chair. for him. I should trade for him. <laughs> <laughs> Number um, one lawn chair out there, though. So, with that, though, the, the, this week there hasn't been many, you know, big news or notes other than rumors here and there that we're not really going to worry about. Uh, we're going to continue on with our third round mock, and then we're going to break down the NFC South. So, with that, in our third round mock, we have. Um, I had a lot of opinions on last week's one about just in the interest of time. We'll keep moving. Starting off, though, I did start off the third round with Josh Palmer. Um, you know, even I wasn't that big of a fan of Josh Palmer, but beginning of the third round, you're getting someone who is drafted uh, day two pick to the Los Angeles Chargers, a team that has Justin Herbert. Um you know, questionable players ahead of him. Like, you do have Keenan Allen, obviously. Mike Williams is in a contract year, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it's kind of just everyone else is at the same kind of skill level as me. Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, I'm missing someone. But, like, there is opportunity there. He is a day two pick. His college production wasn't great or eye-popping, but – at the beginning of the third round, I feel like he was the best dart throw to have. So that's why I went with Josh Palmer here. I like that pick. I'm a big Josh Palmer guy. Being tied to Herbert is never a bad idea. So yes. I, in the beginning of the third round, I like the dart throw. Speaking of Chargers receivers, it might be a little off topic, but I saw a Twitter post today where it was like, choose one between Tyron Johnson, Jalen Guyton, and Josh Palmer. Um I think most of us would choose Josh Palmer, but outside of the flashy new guy, who do you guys have between Jalen Guyton and Tyron Johnson? I mean, I picked Tyron Johnson, but I would as well. He he's he actually did look like you know he had a lot of air yards and he he wasn't bad when Herbert could get him the ball. It's just he does seem kind of more of like the field him and Guyton at the same time. I feel like are just field stretchers. Um, so I don't know if they'll ever have like an actual fancy role where you feel even like a little bit comfortable throwing him in at your flex, but I have Tyron Johnson at the end of my bench. So I think they're both think, worth roster spots at the end of the day. I think at best they're a Kenny Stills type of receiver where they're just they're never a they're they're gonna be on the end of people's benches, but really they're never gonna be any consistent production, so it's tough to start them week in and week out. Yeah, Kenny Stills is really, and that's like a really good, like near best. Case yeah, that's scenario like for best case scenario for these guys, and obviously Kenny Stills had good career, but nothing special. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so at three oh two, I took Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I think he's pretty interesting. Uh, in the Eagles, I feel like they're going to use him a lot in the receiving game to kind of contrast Miles Sanders. I think people can tell and know Miles Sanders isn't – well, I do like him a lot. He's not like a full-on workhorse where he's going to be down every single snap. 
Uh, and I think he's going to be a guy that gets more touches than maybe you'd expect. I think Boston Scott is going to kind of be out of the running back rotation uh, once Gainwell's fully, um, fully like adapted the playbook and everything. So I like him at the start of third round. I also think he's interesting for uh, when Miles Sanders' contract uh, comes up in what two years. Um, if the I don't know if the Eagles would give him an extension. Um, it depends, obviously, how he does, but I think he becomes even more interesting at that point in time. So I like Kenneth Gainwell here at 302. There, there are two things that I find interesting with Kenneth Gainwell. The first is that if you look at Nick Sirianni and coaches and from his line, a lot of those guys like to use multiple running backs. I saw a quote the other day from someone, or maybe it was him, I don't know, uh, but basically saying, reiterating the same thing, that this is a guy that, He's not the kind of guy that wants to workhorse bell cow a single running back. He wants to have a running back for different roles. And the you know the other thing on top of that is that the Eagles really could have used Kenneth Gainwell last year because their running backs sucked at catching the ball, including Miles Sanders. He just I mean he was good before last year, but last year he just him Carson Wentz could be on the same page. And even more importantly, their running backs were awful in pass protection and Kenneth Gainwell at least from what I saw even though he's slightly undersized was pretty damn good in pass protection so I feel like he fills a nice hole in that Eagles offense at that second running back spot yeah and we saw we saw kind of the dynamic the Colts offense had last year I'm not talking about in terms of production I just mean in terms of how they use each of those backs uh Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines I mean uh, Naheem Hines is a top 20 guy it's just now that's what I'm saying not in terms of production Taylor kind of took about half the season to get going really like fully that's true but i also mean in the games that taylor was going you know having those good games naheem hines still had a role in each of those games he's, he's good dude. he's passes. so underrated he's super athletic yeah no yeah but you see he does like backflips every time he scores um so no i, th- I think they're gonna try to use game in a similar role to that um and so who picked 303 here now I had 303, and I took one of my favorite guys in the draft, if you've been listening to the 3rd and 20 podcast, Tylen Wallace. He's, he's a guy that fell to the fourth round in the NFL draft. Obviously, they took the, the Ravens took Rashad Bateman in the first round. They have Marquise Brown there. So people are kind of down on Tylen Wallace. So to me, getting him in the third round for one of the most talented receivers, in my opinion, in the draft is, is, is a steal. No. Go ahead, ahead, JT. There you go. Okay. Well, my thing is, how do you feel about him ending up on on the Ravens where it's a crowded room and he was picked in the fourth round? Like, does that make you worried about his chances at opportunity? Especially when all their receivers are the second coming of Randy Moss, according to their beat reporters. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a very crowded receiver room, and Lamar Jackson as a passer scares me. That's going to be a very run-heavy offense in general, so the, the amount of pass attempts is limited in that offense. So it does scare me, but I think that's kind of built into the price here. I think if he went to a different, more pass-heavy team where the receiver room wasn't as crowded, he'd easily be um, in the middle to the late of the second round of, of rookie draft. So I think it's kind of built in here. I think he provides a skill set, too, that that offense doesn't really have. He just straight up goes out and wins every 50-50 ball I've ever seen. So I know they got Bateman, who's 
a bigger wide receiver as well, but I really like Tylen Wallace in this offense as well. I was going to say, not straight up, but at each of their prices, do you like Tylen Wallace at his price more than Bateman at Bateman's price? So Bateman's probably, his price is what, 201 is fair? I think that's uh, where we had him consensus was 201, Yeah, versus Tylen Wallace is going to be someone you can get probably in like the early third range, like three, uh, 302 to like 306. Um, at each of their prices, which one do you like more? Absolutely. I'd take Tylen Wallace at his price over Bateman at his price. Um, I just think around Bateman, you're going to have guys like Elijah Moore. You're going to have guys like Trey Sermon, potentially Jalen Waddell if he falls, Rondell Moore, Diami Brown, a bunch of guys that I just think have a better chance to succeed. I think I'd actually agree with you there. Um, I'll take Tylen and... too. JT will take Bateman, we all know. He had him at like 101. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. He's literally my wide receiver, too. Um, I still can't believe he's your wide receiver, too. I, it's not hard. I mean, if you're right, you're going to look like a genius. I but, mean, it's, well, it's I mean, not but, the craziest take we've, 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 we've said on this pod that he's the wide receiver, too. Guys are very skeptical of both Bama guys just because, you know, one, uh, what is it, uh, Waddle was injured most of the season, and Devontae Smith's, frame and size in general scare people off so i can understand it but do i agree with it no <laughs> yeah i mean at the end of the day i feel like he's almost everyone in everyone's top five wide receivers at the least if not probably top four so wide receiver two isn't that egregious of a jump i feel like <laughs> just two spot all right i'm up i took amari rogers at 304 i thought like this a fantastic pick. deal uh, I think a, a certain amount of this for me, my confidence on him does kind of stem from if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there or not. But even Obviously. if he isn't, 304 is a nice little pickup for him. I think he's going to fit the offense really well. And at 305, I picked up Amon Ross St. Brown. This is just kind of one of those he fell a little bit too far scenarios. Um, I'm not necessarily heavily targeting Amon Ross St. Brown, but at 305, I think that he is worth the pick 100%. I was going to ask you guys, what's the earliest you're drafting Amon Ross St. Brown? Because earlier this offseason post-draft, like I saw him going in the second of some drafts. I wouldn't take him in the second, but I think anywhere in the early third is fair. Listen, even if, at like you wanted, if you wanted to take him in the back half of the second, I don't think anyone's going to really blame you over guys – uh, over the likes of, you know, Tony or Josh Palmer or Nico Collins. I think people will, like, kind of fall into the, oh, he's on the Packers mindset. But we've seen that for so long where everyone's trying to find that number two receiver in the no, Packers wait, my offense. Bad. I, I meant, just... um... Oh, you're talking about Mara. I meant with uh, Amon Ra. Oh, and people are going to – on him, they're going to buy into the hype that there's just – that receiver there's no is receivers. empty. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that offense is going to be – very bad, in my opinion. I, I just don't see how that offense is going to be any good. So I mean, they'll, they'll be good at taking kneecaps, apparently. <laughs> my, my my thing is, like, almost always talent over situation. Like, if you have to point to, like, just the, the empty wide receiver room as to why he's good, like, he's probably not good. <laughs> so, I mean, I like, I like Amon Ross St. Brown, the prospect. I think he's a great right great route runner and has great hands, but he just doesn't – he's not the, the super athlete that you really look for, and he didn't pop up, pop out up to me on film at least. So he's good, but I don't think he's a guy that 
can really develop into that alpha number one receiver. So it's it, it, the early third, late second. I wouldn't really want to do that. Yeah, I mean, I have him at three hundred five here, but I would. I assume in most drafts he's going before then. Yeah. So. I listen. I, mean, I, I think right. that you guys are underrating it. I think his skill set really translates to the NFL very well. Would you take him in the end of the second? Or are you fine with like three? If, yeah, I think I could take him at the end of the second. I'd rather have Nico Collins, but right, their wide receiving core is wide open. Why? I, I, I think it's pretty that. fair to take to take him over over Josh Palmer. I wouldn't be terribly shocked at that, especially if I'm like a rebuilding team. Consensus, I think, I think Amari Rogers and Amon Ra both go over Josh Palmer. Both go over Tylen Wallace. Both go over, I maybe even Nico Collins. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'd have to look, but I'm not going to reach above his ADP to pick him though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think if I prefer him slightly under his AD, them both slightly under their ADP right now, um, just because I think a lot of the the reasoning behind their their ADP being so high is something I'm not going to buy into. Whether it's Aaron Rodgers. Or whether it's the receiver room just being empty. All right, who took the bait here at three hundred six? I guess you're talking about me. Um, I took Kyle Trask here at three hundred six. Anything about bait? The reason bait. I did it is listen. He he was the only quarterback taken in the second round. Um, he was the next guy off the board after obviously all those top quarterbacks, and I think the Bucks clearly talked to Tom Brady and said, hey, how much longer are you playing? I don't think they come out here and take a quarterback if they don't talk to the guy. Um, just so, And the fact that they took him over Kellen Mond, over Davis Mills, over all those guys, they took him, they, they clearly had him rated higher. Um, to get the heir apparent, I guess I'll call him, to the Bucks offense with the, the receiving core they have, I think is, is a, for the mid-third round in a super flex league, I don't think it's a bad pick. Yeah, the Bucks have a great track record drafting quarterbacks, so I think it's uh, good to take stock into that. <laughs> yeah, because it's always the first area. No, at, 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 th- at 306, though, like, I mean, listen, when even JT's on board, like, that's that's when I know it's like, okay. Well, And JT's the number one Florida hater. I think, I think my issue here is just that, like, at this point, I really don't like many of the prospects left. Like, I... It's hard to me for me to envision like most of these guys making a name. So why not just throw a dart throw at the quarterback who does kind of have an easy path to targets? Although I do think it's a bait where when Tom Brady leaves, I've been consistent with this. I think when Tom Brady leaves, Bruce Arians is gone. They're just going to bring in a whole new regime. And so there's other other than um, what's his name? Is it Veach? Leach? Who's the GM? What's his name? I think it's Leach. Yeah, well, sorry. I, I don't know if you guys can tell. We're recording yeah, we during have... a lightning storm. <laughs> yeah, we apologize so, for the background thunder. There's either it thunder or one of us might get electric here. Who knows? Um, yeah, Hopefully I mean, it's that... nice. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> to be fair, I was, I, I was about to say, hopefully, it's <laughs> um, Anyway, I, I just think, like, there's not going to be a lot of ties to Kyle Trask. And, like, it's not that high of a pick where they feel tied to Kyle Trask. So it's pretty easy to cut bait if they don't like him. He, he definitely would have to seize the opportunity and really make it his own for him to actually be productive. But at this point, like, throw your dart where you want to throw your dart. 
It's 306. I, I don't see any issues with it. Like like JT said, there's not much late third round picks are far and few between where they actually hit and turn into a player. So if I'm gonna take a dart throw, why not make it at the quarterback position? Yeah, just throw it at the ground, I guess. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was coming. So I still believe in trust. Only second round QB. No, I'm 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 not hating like listen. I, I don't I don't agree with the pick, but I, I I don't think Trask is terrible. But dude, when push comes to shove, I I think these hit rates on these receivers is a lot better. The hit rates on these quarterbacks, second round, third round, it, it's it's a real gamble and a half. So if I'm gonna take just a dart throw, I at least want the analytics to be behind it or me to really freaking like this guy. I think it's a little bit better if Lunas just likes Trask a lot and, and you say, dude, I, I don't care. He's just – he's the diamond in the rough. I think that's a different story, but I, I don't agree with the whole, oh, well, he's a quarterback, he was a second-round pick, like, screw it, might as well take him. Oh, no, well, I mean, I mean, I've, you, you've as you mentioned, I've always liked Trask, um, just kind of how we played this entire year. He outplayed Mac Jones in the SEC championship game. Um I've always just liked him. I'm sure you, I know you guys know. And to my ridicule, sometimes I've overliked him. Yeah, I mean, calling him a second round pick, is, like, in theory, in, technically, yeah, he is, but like pick 64 is tough. But at the same time, we're comparing him to people who are our day three, um, you know, wide receivers and, and day day three running back. So, I mean, you do, have a day, you, 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 do, you do have a day one wide receiver. Also. All right, well, this is just a wide receiver. Darius <laughs> Tony. If All anyone right, wants to follow me at Dynasty JT, at Dynasty JT, I'll spew my Kadarius Tony hate. Um, 307, who's picking here? Uh, this was me. Okay, so here I took Elijah Mitchell. Um, and this is not to undermine sermon a little i love sermon and i would take him at the start of the second round and i as i mentioned we've all talked about uh oh wait we've all talked how most of us really like sermon having that high um elijah mitchell even though i do see sermon becoming the primary back of the future for 49ers he's not going to be like an every down workhorse back i think they're going to use elijah mitchell a lot in like that receiving role out of the backfield as a change of pace back and I think it's going to be him and Sermon's backfield, uh, not this season, but the season following and then the season after uh, and for how many years to come. So I like him here in the middle of the third. I think he's going to get a lot of receiving work. I think they're going to use him in unique ways. I think, like, I don't know if you guys remember a couple years ago when they signed uh, McKinnon and he could just never stay healthy. I think he's going to kind of play that role that they wanted McKinnon to originally play years back. Uh, where it's not like a first and second down back, where like you're giving him 15 carries a game, but kind of a change of pace and receiving guy. Uh, and Frank, I know, has been a fan of him. Frank says uh, he thinks he has the best hands out of any running back. Um, so I like him as a receiving back in this offense and in the middle of the third round. Especially if you can t- um, pair him with Sermon. Yeah, uh, yeah, I kind of think he's the the bait of the two, but he is the cheaper one if you just don't. That's believe what I'm saying. In Trace no, I'm, I'm not yet. taking him in like the second round or anything, but mid third, I'm fine with. Yeah, um, moving on. Uh, three oh eight. That's me. I picked Davis Mills, who I actually picked at like two twelve in the other one. I he's my favorite of that next tier running back uh, quarterbacks that come after Mac Jones, like Kellen Mond, Kyle Kyle Trask, Davis Mills tier. Um. 
he's the, he's the one that Frank used the word diamond in the rough. I'm going to steal it here. Like he's only had 14 college games that he played. Um, he looked good in his junior year. Uh, his okay, senior Mitch year. Trubisky. Oh, if, if you're getting Mitch Trubisky at 308, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take Mitch Trubisky at 308. That's um, a point. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I, I just think like, Again, I'm kind of pointing to situation. We don't know what the deal is going to be with Tyrod Taylor. A report came out today that like Adam Schefter doesn't see him being in Houston anymore. Who knows Watson, what? Watson, you mean? His, oh yeah, did I say Tyrod Taylor? Yeah, Sean but it's going to be interesting to see yeah, who's the starter between Mills and Tyrod. Yeah, yeah. It has to be Tyrod to at least start. Quarterback's career, like the past three yeah, spots. He's yeah, Herbert Mayfield. Um, was he in front of Josh Allen? I, don't know uh, if I think Josh he was him. there the uh, year before they drafted him. Yeah, I'm pretty well, sure Josh Allen started right away. Too, but <laughs> and anyway, yeah, like I, I just think like him, Tyrod Taylor is a good bridge quarterback to have anyway. Like I do think they're going to give Davis Mills the shot, and he's the one that I am looking at the diamond in the rough. And again, I'm at this point, I really just don't love most of the prospects. Um, so this is where I'm just. Throw my dart on a guy that I feel like could be a starting quarterback. Yeah, I, I really like that endorsement, but yeah, I think too though because I think we all think that Davis Mills is going to play at some point, and if he yeah. plays somewhat well, you should be able to sell him for a second round pick. In my I, opinion, I was about to say, is Davis Mills one of those guys where like if he starts and has one good game, are you immediately trying to sell? Because I think that's what I would be doing. Yeah, I feel like it's where everyone's kind of shaky on him. I'd rather just ride it out a little bit and try and see you know, what happens. Dude, the Texans—they're gonna have a top, top three pick, probably number one pick. They're the going to take. It also depends on how he plays, though. Yeah, that's true. Listen, if you have a top, top three pick and you're the Houston Texans, are you not taking a quarterback? No, that's you probably are. They're I mean, you're the Texans. You, you you need to take everything. <laughs> that's true. Also. I mean, that part's true, too. Dude, there's that um, tackle, uh, McNeil, what, whatever his name is. That guy's a freaking house. I, I might mean, be you, thinking you, about that guy. Yeah, but if, I, if I'm the Texans, I'm using my first pick next year to take a quarterback, and then whatever you trade Deshaun Watson for, assuming he probably is going to get traded uh, at some point in time, you will have a haul of picks to do stuff with. You want to know what I'm doing if I'm the Texans? I'm just taking a good player because that's what they I'm need. I'm selling the team. I need good <laughs> players. They have the worst players. All right, moving on. Um, 309, that's, that's me again. Um, a little bit of homer bias, but I took Ramondre Stevenson. Nah, that's a good pick, JJ. Yeah. I'm uh, gonna use, I like that one as well. I'm going to use some dangerous logic here. Um, it's not something that you should normally do, but again, at this point, just going to do it. Ramondre Stevenson kind of caused Trey Sermon to, to transfer. <laughs> so, oh, my God. <laughs> one more, I mean, I like Trey Sermon, but Ramondre Stevenson was given that starting job. And the Patriots' backfield is always one that you just don't know what's going to happen with it. Right now they're saying Damian Harris is the clear lead first running back. I kind of agree with that. Yeah, currently. Now definitely is. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But, like, I don't know. Just one bad game by Damian Harris and it's anyone's, well, anyone's opportunity. Running back. You fumble once, all of a sudden yeah, you go from once, yeah. instant starter to you're never seeing the field. Yeah. I don't know if you remember years back. Do you Jonas remember, Gray. Jonas Gray. Do you remember uh, Stephen Ridley way back? Mm-hmm. He was pretty good to start his career. 
had like one game where he had like two fumbles. Didn't see him for like the next six games. Jonas Gray had four touchdowns in a game. Was on the cover of of Sports Illustrated and then fumbled and never saw the field again. No, he came late to practice. Yeah, he came late Um, to a practice. I I think Ramondre is really good, though. He's got light feet, which you don't really see that much out of a guy his size. He's 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 pretty good on the second level, too. That, like, if you compare him and Najee Harris, it's like they're both two running backs who are elite tackle breakers on the second level. Um, I, I like Ramondre. I think that at the late third, that's a phenomenal pick. I wouldn't – if I had a, a pick, I wouldn't let him slip past the early third, though. Um, the early third. So how high are you taking Ramondre? You taking 302, like 303, 304. I, I have 303 really? on him. I have, yeah, I have 303 as well. I have him late third. Or no, mid. I have him at 308. So I, I, I truly believe that Ramondre Stevenson is one of the better value picks in this draft. I agree, but I'm looking at him more around the 305 or 6 range. In He's there. probably gone by then. I mean, Harris, he didn't go, so maybe not. But I wouldn't chance well, it at that point. And I'm someone that is notoriously against taking running backs in this range because I think that they're a massive bait. But I think Elijah Mitchell and Ramondre Stevenson are two guys that I that I would take and I think do break the mold to a certain extent of these third-round running backs. All right, final three. Take us home, boys. Uh, so was this my pick next? Yeah. yeah. So Des Fitzpatrick uh, is a guy I like a lot. I know immediately uh, in Tennessee. He's not – he's – Des Fitzpatrick for me is someone who, like, is one of, like, the more ideal, perfect taxi squad guys to just, like, a third-round taxi, uh, taxi pick. Because I know next season it's going to be A.J. Brown and Julio. Uh, I think they have Adam Humphreys in the slot. Josh Reynolds. No, Adam Humphreys Ratton. is on the Washington football team. Oh no, sorry, not the um, not Humphreys there anymore. It's not Reynolds. That's who it is. Reynolds. Okay, that's what I was mixing up with. Yeah, um, as they're two and three, I think eventually Julio is going to start to age out, or should he ever get injured or something? Julio will be there to start it though for the, at least the next like one or two years. But I like Fitzpatrick as a guy to eventually fill in for that wide receiver two role, hopefully, um, in the future for Tennessee. And if I'm just taking that chance, what at the end of the second round? I mean, at the end of the third round, he's someone I'll take a chance on. And then I thought his draft capital was pretty good also. Um, so, I don't know. He's someone I like. Be. He's one of them. Like, because at this point in the third round, especially the last three picks of the third, third round, four picks, um, it's mostly just dart throws. And he's someone that I would take a dart throw on. Um, especially if long-term, he's like kind of working alongside A.J. Brown, who is always going to draw major coverage towards him. Uh, I like him. Uh, these are my back-to-back picks here, right? No, I have I have eleven. Oh, you took eleven. All right. Yeah. Um, at eleven, I took Tutu Atwell. Um, he's a guy that obviously people had some concerns about just because he's he's pretty small, small. similar to the concerns that people had with Devonte Smith. Um, but he went to the Rams, and I think he has a chance here to kind of just slide right into that number three role. He'll fight with um, the pick from last year, Van Jefferson. Van and Djax, you're right. He'll fight for those. They all kind of fill the same kind of role for me. Him and Djax, especially. Yeah, him and D, I think he's just kind of a younger Djax, honestly. Build I, and I was going to say, and, I, I play think style Deshaun, as well. I, I think, think like I think playing with Deshaun and learning yeah. from Deshaun is not the worst thing in the world for Tutu Atwell. 
Uh, he's another guy that I would like to stick on the taxi for a season probably and let him develop a little bit. Um, but playing with Stafford in, in the Sean McVay offense, second-round pick, at 3-11, I think it's kind of a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I actually I think Deshaun Jackson being there is a plus for him. Uh, I wouldn't expect much his rookie season, but I think him learning uh, behind Deshaun Jackson, especially now they got Stafford, a quarterback who can fucking sling it. Uh, I like him more with Stafford than I would have with Jared Goff. And also, I'm, I wasn't really the biggest 2-2 Atwell fan coming in pre-draft. That's why I'm a little bit lower on him here. But the, the draft capital, I can't argue with. They spent a good pick on him. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was the second rounder. It was the Rams' first pick, though, in the draft. Yeah, they it was their first, first pick in the draft, pick. and it was the second rounder that they spent on him. So clearly, McVay has an idea of what he wants him to be in that offense in the future. Uh, I think the size concerns are valid, but like you have, you're seeing where the team is investing into him. And I, I don't know if they def, they, I think they will for the next two years. But after these next two seasons, I don't think uh, Cup and Woods are both going to be there at their contracts. Uh, there's an out for both of them. I wouldn't be surprised if they just decided to only keep one. So, and Sean Jackson, I don't think he's going to be there past this season. So there's Sean gonna Jackson's going to play up. like 15 he's snaps. Play, yeah, he's going to play three games. <laughs> yeah. So even though I wasn't uh, the biggest fan, just because his size is a concern, there's a lot of factors that are in his favor in that situation. When I watched Tutu, he reminded me of like a small Mike Wallace, the way he played. I thought he was. I like good. that comparison. I like that yeah. comparison a lot. All right, at three twelve, I ended off the third round taking my boy Amir Smith Marset. Um, like now we've gotten into at least my form of true dart throw territory, and when I start taking true dart throws, I will take a player because they have an elite level trait, and to me. Amir Smith-Marset has elite-level quickness, and I think that that is something that he can build upon. He obviously has a lot of areas to improve in his game. That's why he's down here at 312 for me. But he's going into a really good situation in Minnesota, a team that has proven that they can develop players. And Zimmer obviously has an emphasis on developing players. Their GM has an emphasis on developing players. And... I think that Amir Smith-Marset is a great little taxi squad stash, early fourth, late third. Um, Are there any – with that fun. wrapping up the third round, do you guys have anyone that you're kind of shocked hasn't been picked yet? They didn't get picked? The tubes. I think the tubes. The tubes, the tubes doesn't surprise me that much. I'm not picking – Hubbard at the end of the third, unless I own McCaffrey, maybe it's just like, oh, so you can be safe and have the handcuff. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't know McCaffrey, I wouldn't have interest in him. I'd rather take the chance on guys like Tutu Atwell, uh, Dwayne Eskridge, uh, Stevenson, uh, Fitzpatrick, or all guy Davis Mills, if he's still there, all guys I would rather just take the chance on. Even Javion Hawkins, I think I'll take over Jubes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really shocked that the people I like didn't go, but I don't know. Uh, I, I think what it, we did was fair. It is kind of crazy, though, that a second-round wide receiver didn't go in the first three rounds. Um, uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Yeah, he's tough. To no, he did. did he, not get es- he got oh, better. He, he did. Dwayne, he did. Dwayne Eskridge was picked 212 in this mug. Oh, yeah. yeah that I was wild. Took him 212. Yeah, I don't want to bring that up, but that was wild to me. But the other, I'm the bad. only other. I'm sorry, I'm very high on the guy. I'm, I'm not an ages like JT. Sorry, he was a fifth-year senior. Get over it. I, I think Demetrius Felton is a guy that has just simply Felton, slipped like. due to his his athleticism. But if you watch him, 
he's he's pretty good. So he's someone that I think will get take early taken early in the fourth in our continued mock. And yeah. I guess the last ones would be some well, of these tight ends. Twenty four, by the way. Like I know Jacob Harris is beginning a lot of hype. I think mm-hmm. that I you could see him sneak into. I almost put Brevin Jordan in mine. Um, uh, so yeah, I think the tight ends will start flying off the board in the fourth. Yeah. And then obviously like Chuba Hubbard will be there, Demetri Felton. So like I mean Demetri Felton, I don't even know if you want to consider him a running back or a receiver. It's it's pretty dicey between what he actually is. I don't know about one guy that I'm kinda that I thought might end up here in the back half of the third was Anthony Schwartz. Um yeah, he will Browns. go in fourth. He's a real speedster, and I think that offense could right. really use one. So, not going to touch on it too much. But right. yeah, guy. I was going to say, are we doing a fourth round? Because we could just talk about him in the, like next week. So no, yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, yeah. Do, we'll do it next All week. Right. All right. So, let's move on then to the <clears throat> sorry NFC South division breakdown. Yeah. Um, kicking off with probably the most. Well, I'll just say everyone's rankings first. We've got the Saints, Jameis Winston, quarterback twenty-eight, according to Keep Trade Cut. Uh, Taysom Hill, 37. Ian Book, 49. Then you got Tom Brady, quarterback 26. Kyle Trask, quarterback 30, uh, 36. And Blaine Gabbert, not ranked. Sam Darnold on the Panthers, 21. TJ Walker, not ranked. On the Falcons, you have Matt Ryan, 27. And then his backups, AJ McCarron and Felipe Franks, not ranked. So kicking off with probably, you know, basically the most, the only interesting part I would say is who's winning the competition between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Do any of you actually believe Taysom Hill is the guy? No. Yes. Frank mm. said yes. Really? Well, really? I don't full on believe that he's the guy. I think that people are massively underrating Taysom Hill's ability to be the starting quarterback come no, either the start or some point during the season. I'm not saying there's absolutely no chance, but I'm I'm probably taking Jameis. Um, and that's why I put him as my – well, I don't know if we want to get into our pick set for overrated and underrated. Yeah, you can talk about it. Uh, yeah, I put him as my most underrated because at the end of the day, like, I, I do think Jameis is going to take that starting job, and I do think he'll be successful in that offense. Um, it's, it's, it's a very QB-friendly offense. And if you tell me I can get Jameis as a starting QB for the next couple of years at quarterback 28 price, which I don't think he's going to go with that price. Um, I'm trying to think what he would probably, what is Jameis probably priced around? Like QB 20? QB 18? No, no, less than that. 22. QB 22? 20. Yeah. I think 28 is a relatively, I, I think you yeah, I mean, put him a couple teacher. spots higher, but. I think at quarterback 20, you're starting to fetch a first-round pick in Superflex Leagues. No one mm-hmm. is touching Jameis with a first-round pick. That's do, you, do you think if Jameis got declared the starter, someone would give up a late first round? No, no shot. Because you still have Mac Jones in most leagues available around the late first. How old is Jameis um, now? What is he like? It's not even like an age thing. It's like a – is he good? Like, do you, are, do you think Jameis will be the backup – I mean, uh, the starter three exactly. years from now? Like two years from now, I think he's gonna. I can definitely say I think the next two years, bro. He is. He's not even starter now. Well, I'm saying that's that's my that's my prediction. Two years. That's my prediction. Yeah, I I think that he not that he's wildly overrated, but I'm not paying QB twenty price for Jameis Winston. I like Jameis Winston, but people are not taking into account the Taysom like Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill. 
Taysom Hill is not as bad as advertised. He can't make as many throws as Jameis, but dude, we've seen Jameis go in there and just be an absolute clown, right? Um, I, I I don't think I think Jameis is an all right buy, but first off, I, I think you need the stack. I I'm not owning one of these guys by themselves, so I don't know. I, I think that Jameis is somewhat of a bait. I'm a Jameis believer. Listen, uh, I'm a Jameis believer as well, but I don't. I think QB 28 is a pretty, like Frank said, a pretty spot on value. He's one of these guys that we're not even sure is the starter for this year. He's not. We're not sure if he's the starter long term. It like we saw Taysom Hill start when you know uh, Drew Brees went down last year, so I, I'm not ready to declare him the starter. I do think if he is the starter, you're gonna you're gonna see a different style of play than than what we're used to as well. I don't think Sean Payton's the type of coach to go out there and just let Jameis throw 30 interceptions. He's not gonna do that. He's gonna turn around. He's gonna hand the ball off to his running backs. He's gonna run a lot of slants to Slant Boy over here. He's gonna play it safe, and that offense is gonna just chug down the field as per usual. I think the saints offense just has too many good skill position players here where they're not going to be a bad offense, but without Drew Brees, a quarterback, they're going to look a little different. Well, the other thing too, though, is that Taysom Hill is going to take snaps away from James Winston. And a lot of those snaps are probably going to be the high value ones in the red zone, mm-hmm. which yeah, is then they problem. can run the triple option. They could have, you know, they could just have Taysom run it. There's so many options when your quarterback can run like Taysom can. And, not, you know, obviously I like Jason. He has a better arm talent, but he's not as mobile and as athletic as Taysom Hill. I mean, so, we could see some sort of actual 2QB system here. Yeah. Well, Frank's been calling for the 2QB two, <laughs> two system for years. He loves it. So, something that's not getting talked about enough, too, is, like, the red zone targets, right? Like, I mean, obviously you've got Michael Thomas there. But – yeah, Jared, Jared Cook's gone, though. You're, you're Adam Trouty, maybe. It, it's really just him and then a bunch of shaky, like, Traquan Smith. Well, like he, he, we'll get he, into he, those Here's guys, the thing, but... though. Even though he's not considered, like, a like a prototypical red zone target, like, in terms of being a big-body receiver, they use Kamara a shit ton of the red zone. Yeah. And that's, he's always dangerous yes. there. But it's not guaranteed that's going to be a passing. Like, it might be, like, and a toss to him. I, sometimes it is, but it might be a toss that sounds like a, a Taysom Hill kind of wildcat triple option like plays going on there. Who knows? It's not guaranteed that Jameis. Well, it's certainly not guaranteed that Jameis is going to be able to gun it and and like he was uh, doing in in Tampa. So even if he is the starter, it's not going to be a same quality starter that you're getting who is throwing 50 touchdowns and interceptions. I mean, um, dude, you you guys like you're bringing up everyone. Taysom Hill could be the red zone guy. It could be Jameis to Taysom. I guess. Taysom playing tight end. All right. Well, it's a murky situation at that. Uh, This is probably one of the – we tried to save these more questionable divisions to the end, and this is one of the more questionable quarterback situations still. Um, Something not very questionable. The Bucs, Tom Brady. Um, I guess it's just a matter of when he retires. Uh, He was saying he's coming soon. Yeah, that's the only reason I said correct still for 26. I know 26 is low, and he's obviously going to finish way above QB 26. It's just how many – I can't put him too I, – I know you guys are putting him high. I understand why, because he's going to completely outperform that 26 ranking for next at least – or 
whatever amount, two years. I just think he only probably Our plays two or three more years. He will be better than yeah. quarterback 26. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. The only reason I just have him still correct is I just I don't know how much longer he plays. I think it's a max three years. I think he's perfect. My, my, my guess is around two. That's why I put C, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. uh, at QB 26. But- um the, the more interesting part about this, though, I think is his backups because, uh, you know, this is what you're probably more concerned about is yeah Kyle Trask is quarterback 36. And uh, Frank and I both said overrated. I think Jake and Lunas both said backup to own. Yeah. I, I just think he's the bait. I think even if Tom Brady were to get hurt, I think Blaine Gabbert's the guy that's going to go in there. I Okay, backup to own is, is kind of just by default. Yeah, I, I get just that. Because but... the rest of this division uh, – P.J. Walker is an XFL yeah, guy. Yeah. A.J. McCarron. Oh, Felipe <laughs> Franks. But, but my thing is, like, I, I just think, like, I'm not convinced Kyle – like, I think he might get a shot at some point. Uh, probably will. But, like, I, I just think these other guys – we'll get into P.J. Walker in a second – like, would so, be more likely to be the backup. You know, even Blaine Gabbert. Like, I mean, I just here, think here's the Brady thing. Well, down. I'll take Trask over um, – Say both QBs are out, Darnold, for whatever reason, say they move on or he's out for a year, and say Tom Brady retires, I think there's a higher chance that Trask starts a whole season than P.J. Walker. And I love P.J. Walker. Sure. Um, I, I just don't think uh, Trask will start, though. That's my whole – like, if it happens if this Tom year, Brady, If Tom Brady were to get hurt this year, I am 95% confident Blaine Gabbert will be the one taking the snaps in Tampa Bay. Yeah. But that's not to say that I don't think Kyle Trask – if, is the one to own. Is the one to own out of Gabbert I, and, and Trask. I, I get that. I get that. But I, also, though, at, at quarterback thirty-six price, you're kind of you're paying for a guy that you expect to be. We just we just did it. We, the price yeah. on Kyle Trask is a mid third, mid to late third. It's not a whole lot of capital here. I mean, that was in our rookie draft. I don't know what this is. What this translates yeah, the fact to. of the matter is, is that Taysom Hill's got a way better chance of seeing the field, and he's priced. Yeah, he's, than, one, he's one quarterback. Kyle Trask. That's why Kyle yeah. Trask is the most overrated quarterback to me in this division. The fact yeah. that Taysom Hill, who legitimately can be a starter in one of the most quarterback-friendly offenses, if not the most quarterback-friendly offense in the freaking league, who, even if he doesn't start, might play freaking receiver, is lower <laughs> than Kyle Trask, who yeah, none of us believe are going to see the field this year other than Lunas, and that's if Tom Brady gets hurt. That's ridiculous to me. That's absurd. Well, I mean, I I also said Taysom Hill was underrated at 37. I'm not saying he's correct there. I'd have him higher. Yeah. Taysom Hill should be ranked over Kyle Trask. There's no doubt. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. I mean, I still agree with Kyle Trask back up to own everything. That doesn't mean that I agree that Taysom Hill should be at 37 behind him. I think Taysom Hill should be higher and above him. But I still I'm fine with 36. I didn't want to label any of the, the quarterbacks in the Saints a backup because even if Jameis is, is the starter, he's, Taysom Hill is going to be Taysom on the field Hill, a bunch. Taysom Hill is a Kareem Hunt backup. Okay, just leave. So. Leave. <laughs> Both of you leave right now. Uh, moving on. Sam, Sam Darnold. Um, who is it? Jake, do you have him as Wow, the I'm the yeah, only Jake. one who said underrated. I, I think – all right, Lewis, let me throw – this is a little unfair and very mean, but I'm still going to throw it out. Sam Darnold in his entire career. I, I looked it up. I did the stats. Sam Darnold in his entire career has oh, less I thought, I thought passing touchdowns than Aaron Rodgers did just last season. 
his three-year-long career. I mean, I know some of it got cut short a little bit to mono and, and some injuries here and there. But Aaron Rodgers threw more touchdowns just last season than, than <laughs> Sam Darnold. Wait, how many, how many here. touchdowns does Sam Darnold have in his career? Do you know? 45. Oh. Okay. okay. Um, I guess I have to defend Sam Darnold here. Uh, <laughs> no, so listen. We've seen what Adam Gase has done to offensive players. I'm not. I'm not going to get fully into it. We all know. Um, look at everyone who's left his offense and gone somewhere else. And not only is he leaving a bad coach, but I think it's not even like he's just going to an average one. I think he's going to a very good coach. I think Matt Rule is a very player friendly, um, great coach, and can. I don't know. I think he's just going to align his offense to make it very QB friendly for him. I think Sam Donald is much more talented than Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Again, talented, I'm saying. Much more talented than Teddy Bridgewater. He, these are the best weapons he's had in his career. He's got the fucking best running back in the NFL behind him. Better O-line, better offensive scheme. He's got DJ Moore reuniting with Robbie Anderson. You have Terrace Marshall in the slot. Um, I just think this is a way better situation, and he's still super young. So uh, at QB21, those... um, if I had to move it, I'm not saying he's the most underrated or anything, but I'm saying if I had to move him like two, three spots up or two, three spots down, I'd probably lean moving up. Well, th- those are all good points, Lewis, but he'd literally have to flip his entire career around, which thanks to Ryan Tannehill, who, you know, kind of did it, although he, I, I, I still think, did it. no, I still think he was good in Miami. I still think he was solid in Miami. I don't Not think this good. He was, he, was depending, he was depending he on get, his legs a lot. He doesn't get nearly on. as much crap for what he did in Miami. Um, how many but, times did Sam Darnold make the playoffs for the Jets? <laughs> Sam Darnold's never finished as a quarterback too, not even a quarterback. Like not not like you know. Oh, he finished like quarterback twenty. He's never finished in the top twenty. Listen, listen. If if you like Sam, flip his career around. If you like Sam Darnold, you're not liking him because of the previous production. I'm liking. I believe in his talent, and I believe in the coaching staff and situation. Well, my whole thing is, if he was good, he would have been good. He would have at least shown you. You know, other than he showed flashes before Adam Gase. Here's I the mean, problem every quarterback with could show Sam back. Darnold. The problem yeah. with Sam Darnold isn't the fact of whether or not he can or cannot turn it around. The problem is, is that you have to pay the price that he is going to turn it around, that, not yeah. if he's going yeah. to turn it around. You can't get him for less than a, basically a first. In total value in a trade, you have to give up at least a first. It might be a late first. I mean, it's definitely a late first, but you have to offer either a first-round pick, maybe 201, right? Or a package of assets equivalent to a first round pick. That's the problem I have with it because I'd rather just take Mac Jones. That's where it becomes interesting for me. I, him versus Mac Jones is tough. I, I like Sam Darnold. I think he's a good player. I just don't agree with his price tag. I don't even like Jones. I think I'd just rather risk it on Jones though. J2 would be like, give me Bateman. <laughs> I, mean, I, would. <laughs> I, I would take I take Bateman over Adam. <laughs> Not that crazy, but yeah. Um, all right. Oh, only other part of this team is PJ Walker. I still like. I, I got sweet spot in my heart for him. Underrated backup to own. Who's the crackhead to put backup to own? I put backup. GT. Jesus. How Christ. dare you put overrated on PJ Walker? You scumbag. Yeah. Wait. I I just laid out why I don't like Sam Darnold, and Sam Darnold hasn't had a full season in his career. I I just think PJ Walker is my guy that I want as my little you know plug and play guy every now and again when other quarterbacks are out. 
He's my so go he's ahead my Tyron and Taylor. Play him. He'll get you eight points yeah. at most. To, to be he's fair, like who there. like the only other real backup, like the actual backup in the in this division that like will have value going forward is Kyle Trask. But that's just because he's a rookie and like he might be able to start in the future. I just think PJ Walker actually has the most realistic chance of being in and playing more than one game this year. By the least. way, by the way, Frank, fuck you. In the one game he started last year, he had ten points. Yeah. So oh, fuck you. Oh, ten yeah. points. Ten Unreal. points. Oh. <laughs> he had oh, he, he had two he had two hundred sixty passing yards, twenty four of thirty four. It's not that bad. Yeah. That's not that bad. Go ahead and roster him then. <laughs> All right, moving Listen, on. If I if I own Sam Darnold, he'd be on my roster. Falcons, Matt Ryan, quarterback twenty seven. I have him as most underrated. Frank has him as most confident to keep his value. Jake actually threw an overrated tag on him at quarterback twenty seven. Um, I I I do I, understand where the issue is where you lost Julio Jones. You you know Ben kind of lackluster since Kyle Shanahan's left and you're aging. I get all that, but I still think like we're putting him in like the Drew Locks, Daniel Jones of the world. And I just, that's, that's where his ranking is. That's where, wait, where's Drew Locke? Isn't yeah, Daniel Jones is ranked above him, isn't he? Yeah, well, someone, someone preferring to have Daniel Jones, I don't think is outlandishly crazy. And I'm I'm not a Daniel Jones guy. I think can someone can just buy Daniel Jones on the youth and his rushing ability and believing in him to progress as a passer. Yeah, that's I that well that, that's my problem is I'm not buying quarterbacks on their youth and rushing ability. I'm buying quarterbacks on whether they're good at passing the ball. So um, I'd rather ride on Matt Ryan well and take him, someone's trash. Yeah. No, I don't think Daniel Jones is trash. I'm just I think Matt Ryan is good. Like there is an argument that Matt Ryan is like a top 13 quarterback in the league. Right? Mm, right now? Yeah. Debatably. Uh, so, but you can ask people around and in the NFL and they, there will be people that say that Matt Ryan okay, is in, okay. in the top okay. 13. I'm sure there are people who say it. Right now, I'm not talking about potential. I'm not talking about owning in Dynasty because both of those have an obvious answer. Who's a better quarterback right now if you had to start a game tomorrow? Herbert or Matt Ryan? I mean, probably Herbert. But you're you're taking – I mean, Herbert's like what? A consensus top, top 10, 10 guy right now? Right now? Yeah. So and no, but and QBs right now, it's not like he's in like the top seven. Again, this is different. I'm not talking dynasty yeah, value. Good. I'm talking about like if you had to start a QB for a real NFL game tomorrow. He he's still like top ten, I think. I mean, it's 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 close. I don't know. This is all like a weird. Uh, yeah, I don't understand what that has to do. Yeah, we're in like, an arbitrary. The fact that we're comparing Matt Ryan to. To Ryan, to not Ryan Tannehill, to no, Justin that, that was Herbert, my response to you and there's an actual thing, like, yeah, good point, Frank. <laughs> it's funny that we're comparing. Like, we went from Daniel Jones <laughs> to Justin Herbert real quick. Yeah, my the JT laid out mainly why I have him as overrated. On top of like losing his favorite target, the guy he's been with literally forever. Like, obviously, you replace him with Kyle Pitts, who we all believe is a generational talent. I'm not debating that. But I just think he's 36 or 37 now. He's, 36. he's aging real quick. He hasn't been really the same that we've seen with, since they made the Super Bowl and Kyle Shanahan left. 
overall, I just think this team is not good. I just don't like the Falcons. I don't think they're a very good football team. Um, they're going to finish probably third at best in this division, possibly fourth, depending on if Matt Rule can really turn around Sam Darnold. Um, like, I, this team is just not very good, and it's not an offense that I really want to be involved in outside of Ridley and, and Kyle Pitts. Wow. So, o- overall, I mean, I, I like Arthur not Smith. a guy I'm – yeah, I, I think that, I don't know. That's, I like, I don't want to be involved in the Chiefs offense outside of Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. It's like, and Mahomes, who's throwing and, him the and ball? The running back. Yeah, you have the whole offense. Yeah, Clyde Edwards really tore it up all season last okay, year. Okay, but what? when he was healthy, he played pretty well. He's all right. Including the Super Bowl. Right, he had but, one of the better offensive performances. We'll, we'll break, we'll break him down in either next week or two weeks from now. Um, I'm buying his is what? He's running back currently. He was RB12 before <laughs> he got. He was, he yeah, was he's running back 11 right now. And you're saying, what, you don't want him? I'd probably rather have other people around him. But I mean, yes, but I'm just saying. All right, we're in, a, we're in a completely different division player. We'll get to him either next week or two weeks from now. But... Are we going to move on to the, the running backs, actually, now that we're talking about running yeah, backs? Yeah. Yes. All right. So These are some backs, crazy rankings. MC South running backs. Um, going to run through them real quick. Obviously, you got one of the top guys, Alvin Kamara, running back five on the Saints. Then you got Latavius Murray, 67. Cool. On the Bucks, you've got just crazy. Ronald Jones, RB, 30. Leonard Fournette, 36. Keyshawn Vaughn, 66. Gio Bernard, 82. Then on the Panthers, you've got CMC, top of the top, RB, 1. Reggie Bonifon not ranked, and Chuba Hubbard, RB45. And then the scary backfield of Mike Davis, Quadri Olsen, Cordero Patterson, Javion Hawkins, and Caleb Puntley, where only Mike Davis is 33, uh, running back 33, Javion Hawkins is running back 59, and the other guys are not ranked. Um, going back and starting with the Saints, we all have an overrated tag on Alvin Kamara. Not our most overrated, but we all kind of say RB5 is high I'm, for him. I'm, I'm good with RB5. This is one of those where if I have to move him up or down, I'm not moving him into the top four. I can see him moving to like seven. He's still an RB1. He's still a top 10 dynasty running back. Um, I'm fine with five. I'd probably have him five or six. The, the one question that I have with Kamara is obviously like, him and Drew Brees had a good thing going, especially yeah. when Drew Brees kind of had noodle arm and just, like, couldn't throw the ball anymore. <laughs> um, so dumping it off to Alvin Kamara is a nice nice little thing going. But obviously, if you have Jameis, he's – like I said, I don't know if, you know, Sean Payton really lets him loose like he was in Tampa, but he's more of a gunslinger. Um, obviously, if you have Taysom Hill, I think Alvin Kamara just role doesn't really change. But how does your – what do you guys think of the quarterback's effect – on well, Kamara here. Kam- Kamara was not that like he he was just okay when Taysom Hill was in. Like he really wasn't anywhere near RB five value. Yeah, so, that's a good point. He wasn't nearly as productive. So I mean, I don't think Taysom Hill will be a starter. But I just think that the presence of Taysom Hill is annoying for Alvin Kamara. Um, I mean, I think either I, I think real quick either QB starting even if it's not Taysom Hill and it's Jameis Winston. Jameis isn't the type to check it down nearly as much as Drew Brees was. Like people, yeah. Drew Brees checked it down a lot. He's more likely to like the last couple years and check it down. Jameis um, Winston more likely. You, you put some respect ball. on Jameis's name. <laughs> give it away than give it to Alvin. I think RB five is fine. 
yeah uh, I, I don't think it's a, like obviously i don't think it's like a, a huge reach or anything. I, that's what i'm saying no i'm, I'm yeah. fine with that ranking it's just if i had to pick one way or the other now on the flip side though latavius murray at rb67 just it seems wild to me i just think he's like so very consistent like he he is a valuable player if kamara does go down like even when kamara is out like he's still getting touches like, he is one of the top handcuffs to own in all of yeah fantasy football and 67th rank on him just I have him as the backup toe, and so is Frank. We all say he's underrated. I, I think it's kind of mean what Keep Trade Cuts doing to Latavius Murray. Um, all right, that's all I got about the Saints, though. This is probably what I consider the most interesting backfield because you've got Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette who are 30 and 36 on Keep Trade Cut, and it's kind of just like you decide who you think the starter is going to be and who you think is going to get more touches. I've been a big proponent of Ronald Jones for a while. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter starting to hype up Leonard Fournette, though. Um, but I've seen people who are like, oh, go with the catching ability. Go with Leonard Fournette. I don't, like, Leonard Fournette's not, like, when I think of, like, pass-catching running backs, I don't really think of Leonard Fournette. You've also got Gio yeah. Bernard here now. Bernard's going to take that. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, go ahead, Lewis. I was going to say, I think – there's some recency bias from that Super Bowl run uh, where Ronald Jones was hurt for that duration. And we saw Leonard Jones being success. I would say Leonard Jones, Leonard Fournette uh, having some success. But don't forget, like, if Ronald Jones was fully healthy, he would have been starting uh, or at least getting like the majority of the touches. And I, I feel like he's kind of become a back though. I, I love Ronald Jones. I think him at RB30 is really underrating him. I put him as my most underrated running back here. Uh, people also forget how young he is. Am I wrong? He's younger than Najee Harris. No, he's he's like a couple months older than Najee Harris. Yeah, yeah, okay, only a couple. But he's months been older. in the league for three years. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. only a couple months older than Najee Harris. Like this guy, he's still super young. Doesn't have a ton of tread. This is going to be a high-scoring offense. It's going to be a successful offense, and I, he's the more talented of the two backs. Um, team him and Fournette. I think Fournette will get his touches. I don't think it's going to be solely Ronald Jones's backfield. For him to be that young and the starting back and that good of an offense uh, at RB30, that's that's really underselling him for me. And I actually think he's kind of low-key a good buy uh, this offseason. The people in your league aren't as high on him. Well, that is the thing, though. He's kind of in the Joe Mixon paradox. So Frank's walking off that. He's kind of in the Joe Mixon paradox where he – like the, the owners of Ronald Jones are likely at this point the Ronald Jones believers – and and so it's going to be hard to buy him at what his his price is. Um, I don't know. The only thing I'll say is Keyshawn Vaughn still be like he's literally rated one spot ahead of Latavius Murray. I don't know if Keyshawn Vaughn's. How going is to be that even him. possible? Yeah. Latavius Murray is legitimately the best, one of the top handcuffs in all of fantasy football, and he's ranked behind a guy that's not played and has really buried in this backfield and the yeah. backfield that actually went out and added another player in Gio Bernard, who I actually think is a very good ad for this backfield. That was a sneaky good ad. Gio Bernard's a veteran back. He's a good pass blocker and he's a great pass catching back himself. I think I actually have him as the backup to own in this division. I think running back 82 for Gio Bernard is very underrated. He's, I, he's, just been a, he's, yeah, was, he's one of the most veteran, like, backs you can own and like he's obviously gonna 
be on the field because, like I said, he can catch the ball one and he can pass block two. And if you can pass block for Tom Brady, you're going to be on the field. He, he's so, going to play the James White role. Exactly. Yep, yeah, and I, I just think he's a guy that's going to be kind of forgotten about behind the likes of Ronald Jones and, and Leonard Fournette here, and even to an extent, Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, so, so if you can pick up Bernard, you could probably pick him up for almost nothing. Almost nothing. I, what, a mid-fourth? Like, pretty much I think it's late, late third. I'd give up fourth. a late third for him uh, if I had one. I wish I had one to give up for him. Uh, Frank, what are your thoughts on the uh, Tampa Bay backfield? Give me Rojo. Everyone else, uh, I don't want. You're yeah. not, you're not right. I'm, I'm okay with Gio Bernard, but yeah, for the most part, I agree. If um, I have Keyshawn Vaughn, I'd like him as a taxi squad stash, or if I'm an absolutely dog shit team, I'll put him on my roster. But if you're a contending team, you don't really have the roster space for him because he's just a clogger. I think that kind of is the same way for Leonard Fournette and Giovanni Bernard without some injuries. And even with some injuries, I think they're roster cloggers. All right. I don't want roster cloggers. I'm done sure. with them. Mo- moving on, Panthers, CMC, right back one. We actually all have an underrated tag on him, despite him being running back one, which is funny. Yeah, because um, people forget how much of a cheat code he was. Like, he dude's really an is. actual cheat code. He puts up yeah. 35 points a game. It's, it's really a is. joke. It's uh, actually like a joke at this point. I'm going to try to pull up just his stats, even from last season, like the few games he played. Um, well, while you pull that up, yeah. I mean, just clearing away, like, the, the best guy, the best run back you want to have. Um, I, I just – I don't know what to say about the rest of the team. Like, I other than – how much longer do you think we're going to be able to appreciate Christian McCaffrey uh, for what he's worth? I think I think when you start to see him get older, I think what you're going to see the Panthers do with him is instead of being kind of 20 carries a game guy, I think you're going to see him a higher percent of his touches come in the passing game. Uh, I think that's going to kind of be their escape for him. And that'll be to his benefit where his talent can help him last a little bit longer than a running back that mostly banks on just their rushing game. I think you're going to see when his body kind of gets older, uh, whether it be maybe three years from now, whatever amount, um, we see him just kind of shift more. They'll they'll get another running back to take like 10, 12, maybe 15 carries a game, and we see McCaffrey more in the receiving game. I mean, to be completely fair, he could play slot receiver straight up and be one of the better slot receivers yeah. in the league, which is pretty crazy to think about considering he... You take less hits. Yeah. So... Outside of that, I think we all agree that Christian McCaffrey is the, by far and away the running back one. I don't think anybody has any doubts here. In the, um, in the three games, in the three games he played last year, he had 27, 32, and the game he yeah. got injured where he only played 60 percent of the game, he had 23. Yeah. So, so <laughs> um, it, it, all right. The only the only other stuff is you got Reggie Bonifon and Chuba Hubbard. Um, I guess we could talk about Chuba. I mean, we'll probably talk about him next week in our, our mock. Um, we I'm all have him as overrated. Yeah, RB45 does seem like a stretch. Like, you, you're waiting for Christian McCaffrey to get hurt at that point, like, yeah. or him to get traded or something. Like, yeah, Jake? The, like, I like Chuba as a prospect, but he just got drafted to the absolute worst situation possible. This No, this man's not seeing the field. Christian McCaffrey's on the field for every down. It's, he doesn't come off the field, and as he shouldn't, 
he's the best running back in the league. So he's just not going to get enough playing time to to really be anything. You're 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 ranking Chuba at running back forty five here. You're banking on a, a McCaffrey injury, which is just not something I would do. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, looking ahead to a gross backfield. You got Mike Davis. Um, is this Mike Davis's backfield for the entire season? I guess I'll start with that. Who cares? Yes. That's that's that's. I would it's, say it's I would probably say for this season. Yeah. Then. Probably he's his backfield because he's competing with the likes of Cordero Patterson and Quadri Alls. Yeah. Who is the um, backfield? Jay- I mean, who's that second round back of this team? Um, I mean, I guess Quadre Olison, but Javion Hawkins takes it over eventually. I think Cordero Patterson's gonna mostly just be cake returner for them, and he's one of the best cake returners in the game, um, if not the best. So I understand wanting to sign him, but the. Uh, it, I don't know. It's this this running this, back. This backfield is just horrendous. So, There's still Kyle Pitts back there. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you should like, hand him the ball. See what happens. Yeah, kind honestly. Of, kind of a side note, but I don't know if you guys remember. Like last year, the Bears would just run this very consistent play of Cordell Patterson running like horizontally and maybe getting one or two yards, and they do it just like way way too often. I never understood. You're guaranteed to see last year at least like two Cordero Patterson end arounds a game and just go around. Yeah. No, yeah. I never understood why they use him as a between the tackles back a lot. Like I think I think what's interesting is using him on like screens or I think swing he could passes. In this offense. Yeah. Um like those kind of plays where you're getting him on the outside with blocking, but running him between the tackles uh, is just dumb. <laughs> I didn't I didn't see how that was gonna work out at all, but I don't know. All right. Moving on then to the receivers whoa, of the whoa, NFC South. Frank has something to say. Don't you dare say yeah, we, we do I do wanna yeah, I do wanna touch on JT having Javion Hawkins as the most underrated and Frank having him as the most overrated. Oh, I well I wanna touch on the person that's actually gonna be touching the football, and that's Mike Davis, who I have okay. as the most underrated back in this division quite possibly one of the most underrated backs in the entire fantasy football stratosphere right now because he is a starting back that's probably going to get a major workload similar to what we saw in the Panthers, who the Falcons played twice a year. Um, dude, he's he's not even in the top 32 backs. That's ridiculous. You're going to tell me that the Jaguars are going to have two running backs that outproduce Mike Davis? I, would, I don't I, think I, so. No. I, I, Browns will. Yeah, man's at least here's, here's, here's where I'm with you a little bit because I did put him. I, what did I put him at? I did put Mike Davis as underrated. Uh, I didn't put him as my most underrated, but I did put him as underrated. So I'm going to back up Frank a little bit. I don't know what his value would be after after this year or in two years from now, but he's going to have a productive year this year. I think he probably is going to be. Uh, I probably I'll say like a good flex play, uh, maybe a lower end RB two. Uh, or mid year old running back in a shit offense. That's the end of the story. Like, yes, you'll have him potentially have a good season, no doubt. But what's he doing past this year? Absolutely nothing. And I think that's why you see his. Why, do you, why do you want Mike Davis to last more than one year? I don't think anyone cares about what you're doing after this year. The fact of the matter is that you're a contending team and you want a really high value like RB4 that you can pick up for less than a first-round pick, a guy that could easily finish as a top 20 back. Okay, so like, what's the price on Mike Davis? I think the price from the owner is going to be way too high. 
That's why I don't like think a mid second. That's a good that... question. Right. In the mid second, wouldn't you rather take who's there? Well, if I want to win a championship, I'll gladly take a mid second on Mike Davis, who a I guy who I think could be pretty damn consistent as a, as a high value RB3, RB4, and a really high value flex play. I don't I think you're really at 206. I think you're going to be hard hard pressed to find a a, a consistent flex play in their rookie year. Um, I, I obviously it can happen. It's just like, uh, what are the odds of you doing that compared to just trading it for Mike? D- you may not even have to give that up. Um, and Javian Hawkins is a bait. He's a massive bait. He uh, he had the lowest broken tackle, uh, force miss tackle rate that I tracked of all the running backs this year. He doesn't need to to force miss tackles. He just runs past you. He's so quick and speedy. Yeah, what is name? Maybe a time that's worked for like anyone in the NFL ever. They just run past everyone. I mean, oh my it's, god, it's not... who was who was that running back years ago? The Patriots signed him. He was from Florida. He got brought by the Olympics track team, and everyone was hyping him up. Oh, he didn't do anything. I in know NFL. who you're talking about, but that name is glorified Dre Archer. Let's I, I, I forgot his name. JT, you know who I'm talking about. Long time here. All right, I love Javian Hawkins. You guys are haters. Um, <laughs> moving on, receivers, NFC South. Starting back off with the Saints, the the slant boy himself, Michael Thomas, wide receiver 13. Then you got Traquan Smith, wide receiver 82, Marquez Callaway, 98, Deontay Harris, and Jawan Johnson not ranked. On the Bucks, uh, I would argue the best receiving core in the league. You got Mike Evans, wide receiver 23, Chris Godwin, 14, Antonio Brown, 67, Scotty Miller, 96, uh, Tyler Johnson, 86, Jalen Darden, 117, and Justin Watson not ranked. Panthers, uh, DJ Moore, wide receiver 16, Robbie Anderson 51, Terrace Marshall 41, David Moore 130, and the Falcons, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver 8, Russell Gage, wide receiver 59, Olmedia Zacchaeus, wide receiver 91, Frank Darby, not ranked, Christian Blake, not ranked. Back to the Saints. Um, we all have the Andre tag on Michael Thomas. I I just think he's it's going gone to down too low this year. It's gone down too yeah. low. Um, and especially if Jameis is the, if Jameis is the starter, then I really fucking like Michael Thomas. Um, I think it, he's better if if Taysom Hill's the starter. I, I don't really care who it is. I just think he's going to get like a lead the league in reception type season. I do get why he is kind of ranked lower. Like most of the guys above him are those younger guys or yeah. touchdown more touchdown guy like Devontae Adams yeah. or DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but, if, if he stays relatively healthy, he's gonna have a top ten year. Um, that, oh, definitely. If he's yeah. if he's healthy, uh, yeah, he's gonna have a top five year. I think if he's healthy, um, I I don't know. Do you guys have anything I'm else? Like... Close. I think we're all kind of consensus there. He's underrated. Uh, I would test out in your leagues if maybe the owner. I, I would just see what the owner thinks on him. Maybe he's a little <laughs> bit lower on him this year. What's the other wide receiver we want in this team? Do we want any of these other guys? Deontay uh, Harris, Traquan Smith. I'd have a roster spot for. Frank. Frank's got it. Deontay like Harris is a guy probably. that I really liked on tape. Um, obviously, he has a lot of work to do in his pure receiving game. But he's the kind of guy you put the ball in his hands. He's pretty electric. On top of that, like you get him in a Sean Payton offense. If you're good, Sean Payton's going to find a way to maximize Sean, your skill set. Sean Payton has a man crush for Deontay Harris too. So, 
He's definitely very dangerous with the ball in his hand, so I agree with you. And I did put the underrated thing on there. Um, I seem to see him more as a pure wide receiver and not just like a returner and everything. He started um, to get some work towards the end of last year. I, I like Deontay Harris a lot. No, but I do agree. With the ball in his I mean, just with the ball in his hands, he's one of the better yards after oh, I don't know, yards after and receiving the pick or yards after catch. Yeah. He's literally free. You can get him for free. Basically. All right. I mean, he's not ranked on Keep Trade Cut. So, yeah. Um, do you guys have any other opinions, or are we going to move on? I'm going to move on. All right. I, I said before, would you guys agree with me? I think this is the best wide receiver core. I think it is, but Probably. someone else said a different wide receiver core. I forgot. Um, Tennessee's definitely up there. You can argue oh, Tennessee. Tennessee's. You can argue Minnesota, I guess, with Thielen and Jefferson. Uh, I just think the depth that this team – like. Some like the the fifth wide receiver on this team, I'm rivaling to the Saints' second wide receiver. <laughs> like, like Scotty Miller, Jalen Darden, Tyler Johnson. Like, I think they're in the same conversation as Deontay Harris, and they're the, the third, fourth, fifth, sixth guys on this team. I I just think while it's very crowded right now, I think those younger guys, if they get the opportunity, they're all basically all these guys are, are guys I'm looking at. Uh, we could spend like the entire pod talking about this team and what we think about each of the receivers. Um, with that though, we all said Mike Evans was underrated. Uh, Frank said he was the most confident in maintaining his value. Um, Jake said Chris Godwin was the most overrated. And I said Antonio Brown was the most underrated and Sky Miller was my backup to own. There's just a lot going on here. I, I think, Legitimately, you could get two wide receiver ones out of these guys. Would you get? Would you guys agree? Like this season, yeah. alone, could you get two wide receiver ones out of these? Assuming guys? they both stay healthy, no. yeah. Jake no. saying no. Frank, I I don't believe in Chris Godwin. Oh, I I mean, Lewis is our resident Chris Godwin defender. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I have Chris Godwin as the most overrated receiver. I I just think that's kind of due to his price tag. Receiver 14 is just too high for me. He had, obviously, that breakout year two years ago. Last year, he was a bit injured. Still played pretty well when he was active. But, you know, Mike Evans being rated below Chris Godwin just makes no sense to me. Mike Evans is absolutely the number one receiver on this team. There's no doubt about it. Mike Evans is a flat-out stud. Since every year he's been in the league, he's had 1,000 yards. Every year he's been in the league, he's had, like, I think it's six touchdowns or more. The guy is an absolute beast playing with the, the GOAT. So I don't understand how he's receiver 23 and Chris Godwin's receiver 14 after one season. Chris Godwin's done it one time. and I mean, to be fair, he's wide receiver two overall. Great. He had a good year. We got it. Like, it happens. I just don't see him being wide receiver 14 this season. I think he's one of these guys that's going to be a good wide receiver two on your team. Sure, Absolutely. But I just think the price tag is so high. If you wanted to trade for Chris Godwin right now, you're you're probably trading around two first-round picks, which is just way too high in my opinion. And it's just people are going to be like, oh, he's young. Oh, he's a free agent. Like, yes, he is. But guess what? When receivers leave, they have a better chance of success than a running back, no doubt. But when they leave, it's a lot of times hard to, to keep value going. You're not going to increase in value a lot of times. And people are saying he's – I think he's going to leave after this year. He signed the franchise tag. I don't see a long-term deal happening between him and the Bucks. I just they just they're, they're in cap hell right now because of they're going all in here to win again with Tom Brady, and rightfully so. I think if they win back-to-back Super Bowls here and Tom Brady retires, I think 
congratulations. You lose Chris Godwin. I don't think they care. But overall, Chris Godwin is just a guy that I, I need more from him to rank him this high. Um, Go ahead, Lance. Uh, so I was going to say with Chris Godwin, uh, if you had me pick one or the other to own in Dynasty between him and Mike Evans, I love Mike Evans, but I'm taking Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin will get you more catches throughout the season, and if he stays healthy. Last year in the games he played, I think on a per-game basis, he was like, what, wide receiver like 13 or 12? On a per-game basis, he was really good last year. Um, and that's with adapting to a new offense and everything. And people forget, the entire second half of the season, he got surgery mid-season on his finger. I mean, Mike um, Evans was hurt a lot of last season, too, but no one wants to bring that up. Well, no, I'm not holding Mike Evans' stats against him um, for missing some, a few of those games. Mike Evans is the number one receiver on this team. Yeah, there, there's Mike a Hall of Fame receiver on that team, and his name starts with Mike and ends with Evans. It doesn't start with Chris and end with Godwin. And it also starts with Antonio and ends with Brown. Well, that's <laughs> so, true also. But... <laughs> um, I just Mike Evans played 16 games last year. Yeah, but he played through injury. Oh, yeah, no, no, I know. I I thought you meant, like, missing games. Yeah, no, but I'm saying the point of, like, where people bring up, like, oh, Chris Godwin, for most of his career, he's been one of the better hands receivers in the NFL. Like, did he have a couple drops after he got surgery in his hand and came back a week later? Yeah, but I don't expect that to be a problem. He was wearing a giant-ass brace on his finger for the entire second half of the season going into the Super Bowl run. I'm not going to hold some of those games against him where he was still put up multiple productive games. Um, I can't wait till it, I can't wait till he's in Detroit for the next five years. He got clamped by Chauncey Gardner Johnson basically every time they played. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys are Chris Godwin haters. I mean I'm not like particularly for yeah. Chris Godwin. Like I, I I was debating back and forth if I should call him underrated or overrated. Like I was just not you know I think 14's fine for him, but you guys are some haters. Jeez Ready? Yeah. Here's He's gonna have a take. good year this year, but after that, I'm selling. Ready, Frank? Here's a hot take I have. Mike or uh, Chris Godwin will be the number three receiver fantasy point wise in this offense. Well, let's go, Antonio Brown. Let's talk about him. Are, are you I, assuming he misses like half the season or something? No, I'm assuming all three receivers that we're talking about, the top three on this team, stay healthy. Chris Godwin is the number three receiver. You're on crack. Well, I don't know about that. It's a hot take. <laughs> that's why, but. Dude, that's, a, that's like that's Mike a Evans will have more points than him, and Antonio Brown will also. Antonio have more Brown will not outscore Chris. Chris Godwin is one of the best receivers in the NFL right now. I mean, so is Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. I don't know if he is anymore, Antonio. Brown. I do not think I'm going to qualify Chris Godwin as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. I think that that's definitely a he's fine. He's good. I think he's the I best. Think he's the best slot receiver in football. I think I have Chris Godwin. He's a better, he's a better slot receiver, receiver right now. Twenty than around twelve. I think that's the. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill is in a. Is Tyreek Hill considered a slot receiver? He plays all over the field. They put Tyreek Hill. I'm, I'm speaking receivers that play majority of the snaps in the slot. Give me Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is a tough one. People forget that Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin are like basically producing the same at the end of the season, and Antonio Brown just joined the team. That yeah. was also though Godwin post injury. Fair, but yeah. it, you know you could give excuses for either one. They both did pretty similar stuff. I I just think. To wrap up, because we really could spend the entire episode on this team. I just, it's a very interesting wide receiver core. Um, I still like Scotty Miller, guys. <laughs> That's it. That's all I wanted to say. And I like Jalen Darden. Jalen Darden is a bait. 
Oh, no, he's coming out of North Texas. I, he's like my, I don't know. He's that, that one guy that I'm like, well, there's a couple actually, but he's one of the few guys that I'm like, yeah, I like him regardless of everything about him. The problem him. I have with Jalen Darden is that to be a small player in the NFL, you have to play big. He plays small. Oof, that was mean. That was some coach speak, mean coach speak from Frank. All right. Uh, that's 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 after watching a lot of North yeah. Texas. Can we go mean green well, there's another the, – the, the receivers, I feel like we're going to just devote whatever. But we we've got – on the tight ends. The tight ends yeah. suck. Yeah. Well, there's Kyle Pitts. Uh, DJ Kyle Moore – Kyle Pitts is not a tight end. He's a monster. Yeah, He's a unicorn. <laughs> All right, D, DJ Moore, though. You can't JP, I'm going to give this one to you. Thank you. Hat's off. My invisible hat is off to you. You've convinced me onto the DJ Moore train. Welcome. All I was never on the DJ Moore train, but I officially am. You can credit that nah, basically to JT. Yes, he's DJ really Moore is not only good, he's underrated. He, I think he should be priced as, as like a top 15 receiver. And he's not. Yes, yeah, I agree. I mean, to be fair, he's wide receiver 16, but yeah. Um, I think he's top 12. I I mean, this is where we do disagree because you love Calvin Ridley so much. I, I think him and Calvin Ridley are so close. Um. Yeah. That they should be priced like right next to each other, basically. Oof. Like I have them in the same tier. Oof. Oof. I think I, that's more of a testament that DJ Moore being yeah, good though, than Calvin yeah, they're both being good. Yeah, I think I actually agree with that, JT. Uh, when you also factor in that, and again, not that age is against Ridley, but Ridley. I mean, but uh, more Calvin is a Ridley's years upside is just so much higher. That's the difference because, it yes, it is because Christian McCaffrey is going to poach every single touchdown. And, well, and that's the answer. What if I say Kyle Pitts is going to do something similar? I think they, they I would more bet you. Yeah, the, I don't really care though because touchdowns are so dude. Receive like touchdowns in the passing game. People don't realize are so just like what the fuck is going on? Because well, yeah. you look at Julio Jones. Julio Jones had years. He's scoring touchdowns every oh God, game. That, so he doesn't again. score a touchdown the entire season. He's yeah. like, you, what? You're going to say, oh, well, Julio Jones is bad. He's not scoring touchdowns. Like, no, that's remember, fucking ridiculous. Do you guys he remember is, when the Kansas State Chiefs, like, went an entire year without passing a touchdown? Yeah. A passing touchdown. To Dude, Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> one of the best quarterbacks of this generation, will fluctuate from, like, 26 to 50 passing touchdowns. All right? Is that because Aaron Rodgers is bad or because touchdowns in the passing game are not consistent? Not, yeah. All right. Um, I mean, the, the other two people on this, the other two guys I want to talk about, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, Frank and I are on opposite ends of the spectrum on Terrace Marshall. I feel like, like I am just so pro Terrace Marshall. I wouldn't say Frank's like super anti Terrace Marshall, but not probably the lowest out of this group on him. Um, I just, I think, I think he's so good. I, I, so, I think he's, so he's here, my here, Here's the thing. I very reluctantly – so I put it on most of it. I very reluctantly did that because this was a wide receiver core that was hard to find a clear most overrated uh, unless you <laughs> wanted me to pick uh, Zacchaeus at 91. But I figured that would kind of be – I almost did Russell Gage end. at 59. <laughs> um, God, the disrespect. He's going to have a good year. Um, but we'll talk about him in a sec. But – uh, with Terrace Marshall, he just kind of the result of like there not being a clear option. Um, is it's different things like it's health. I will give him credit that this is one of the better spots because of Joe Brady having familiarity with him. Uh, 
But the injury concerns, I didn't absolutely love what I saw in college. I was never as high on him as everyone else. I think I like him a little bit more than Frank does. Um, so I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Frank explain because he's, he's lower on him than I am. I hated his tape, to be honest. I really didn't like it. Um, he didn't block, which was fucking annoying. He couldn't care. consistently get sure. open. Um, I mean, listen, I think that he has an incredibly high ceiling. But I don't think he will reach that ceiling. So I, I'm not really going to touch I, him. I think, I think he definitely has the chance to. My concern that does hold me back is his injuries, where even in camp I think he was battling a little bit of injuries. I think if he is going to get held back, it's going to be that. But I'm willing to take the chance on Terrace Marshall, especially when he's in like that mid-second range. In, in rookie drafts. Um, looking at the – well, does anyone have any thoughts on Robbie Anderson? Uh, I thought he was I'm underrated. going to die on the hill that he's overrated, to be honest. No. He's like I, a thought he was, <laughs> I thought he was pretty underrated at 51. I still like him a lot. Yeah, he's all right. Um, I, put, I, put I, I think he's underrated. Guy. He had a good year last year. The yeah, only problem but, is that you know the person that's, that has Robbie Anderson is not going to sell him for yeah. wide receiver. 50 yeah, that's that's the yeah. problem. That's what I'm saying. At 51, that's that's really low. And he had a productive year last year where DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel both also had 1,000-yard seasons in that offense. And he also, still had his own. Um, JT, thanks for excluding my guy, Shy Smith. Shy can play. Oh, I thought I, put him, I thought I did put him on here. I off really the did. list. Dude, because that's a that's a Matt Rule pick right there. Matt Rule, I remember watching the Senior Bowl and instantly when his group, because you know they they split it, the the coaches, um, and he had the Shy Smith group with Carderas, Tony, and them. First guy he talks to and pulls aside is Shy Smith, and well, that's because he know he can play. Shy Smith, I understand if you watch his tape and, and whatnot, you're gonna be you're gonna be like, well, he's just a a jag. And I can understand that he's just an unfinished product. He is a dude that has a ton of potential. He just needs to put it together. And dude, he's like, what, a, a fifth round pick, a fourth round pick? And the um, I think yeah. that if you're a team that has like a shit fuck of picks and, and is rebuilding, he's the kind of dude that I would I would shove on my roster. I would not taxi him because if he really is not doing anything after like a year or two, um, I, I would be. Or like, let's just say you there was a really high value waiver target, and you need to cut someone. I don't think cutting Shy Smith is is the craziest thing in the world. So I don't think he's a taxi guy. I think that I would shove him on my roster if I had liquid roster spots. All right, for cheap. I, I I'm sorry. I thought I did put him on here. Um, Sorry, right. I've accidentally deleted. We're still pretty much. Yeah. Well, I I do like Shy. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say like uh, I I don't mind Shy Smith. I I would draft him in that range. Um, going to the Falcons though, I, it hurt me to put the most overrated on Calvin Ridley at wide receiver eight, but like, I just think the move from like wide receiver eight to wide receiver 11 is bigger than moving, you know, Russell Gage from wide receiver 59 to wide receiver 80. Like, like just dropping three spots in value is, is more at that point. So that's kind of why I, my rationale behind it. I don't, I still think he's a wide receiver one. I'm just rather in the middle. I'm going to move him a little to the end of the wide receiver ones. But I, I don't know. <laughs> like that, That's all I got to say about him. I, I still think he's good. I am kind of concerned um, about what the target share is going to be, what like the, the volume of the targets, the efficiency of the targets. I don't think you have to worry Frank about number of targets for Calvin Ridley. I, I just think on, on the Arthur Smith offense, um, I think they're going to run the ball like Frank said. 
Then why don't you like Mike Davis more? I just don't. I'm not a Mike Davis guy. I think this is like a, a – he ran Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry was like by far and away the best player. Like I'm not convinced Mike Davis is by far and away the best player on this team. I think you could have like a five-headed back if you really wanted to. Like I don't think Arthur Smith is the guy who's tied to one player and is just going to run to the ground. It's just Derrick Henry was way better than any of the other running backs, so why not run Derrick Henry? I think when you look at this team – I think Kyle Pitts is going to get a crazy target share off the bat just because he is that kind of – I'd comp him more to A.J. Brown than I would Calvin Ridley. I, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be the A.J. Brown of this offense. Kyle uh, Calvin Ridley would be more in that Corey Davis role. I know that's expecting a lot out of a rookie, but he's my unicorn. He's Frank's unicorn. Um, I don't know. And with that he's being said, mine. that's – Here's, here's the thing. Here's thing I'm going to say because – what good offensive coordinators do compared to bad offensive coordinators is maximize the skill set of the players on their team. And they don't just take one cookie cutter system and try to run it no matter what their skill set is. And I don't expect Arthur Smith to run the exact same offense that he was doing in Tennessee. So you and, can't. How could you possibly <laughs> run the same offense? Exactly. And Calvin Ridley to me is a bona fide top five receiver. Uh, there is very little doubt in my mind. I actually think that Calvin Ridley is just as good, if not better, than A.J. Brown. This dude is so slippery. Like, there are three, three, maybe four. I, I don't, I'm not going to put Judy in here yet, but he would be that fourth. Three stud-tier route runners in the NFL. Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen, Calvin Ridley. It's just tough to cover this guy one-on-one. And he consistently gets open. If anything, Kyle Pitts there is a benefit, not a. I'm really surprised Stephon Diggs wasn't in that category. Diggs would be the fourth I thought of. I, I thought I would have put Mike Evans up there too. I nah. like Mike, Evans. Mike Evans, he's just physically. Diggs dominant. is good. I'm not like okay. Diggs, Diggs is definitely running. up there. But... Diggs, uh, Diggs route running is fantastic. He, yeah, it is. He gets it is open. very good. It is very good. Um, Diggs. I picked correct for Calvin Ridley. I think he's going to have an insanely good season this year. I wouldn't be surprised if, at all if he was a top five uh, wide receiver in terms of production. And I love Kyle, Kyle Pitts, and I think Kyle Pitts is going to be a monster. I think he's going to be productive as a rookie. But I don't think he's going to get more targets than Ridley his rookie season. Um, he might end up with more touchdowns, but more targets, I think it's still going to be Ridley because uh, no one can really cover him one-on-one. And the safeties are gonna have to pay attention to Kyle Pitts unless defend unless defenses want to stick like an outside one top two corner on Kyle Pitts the entire game, which might end up happening uh, from how good he is. I'm assuming the safeties are gonna be focusing most of the time on Pitts, and Ridley will smoke most corners one on one. So I'm I'm with Frank here. I I'm happy with that ranking. I don't know. The only difference to me and Frank is how high would I put Ridley. Uh, but I definitely think eight is fine. I'm, I'm good with him at YC rate. I would not be surprised at all if he had a top five year. Um, all right. Lastly, for the wide receivers, and we'll move on. Like, who's who's the guy to own? Is it Russell Gage? I Gage, easy. Jack. Gage, easy. Jack. Uh, you're such. A I, I like this receiving core. I think Gage, Zacchaeus, right. and Darby are all pretty good. Zacchaeus, I don't really like. Gage, Gage, I think is good. Dude, Olamide Zacchaeus, I don't know why you guys don't like it. He rapidly improved over the course of last year and was really consistently getting open um, towards I, the end of last season. I think I might like him more than Gage. I just, I don't oh like Gage. <laughs> I don't like Gage. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I don't think Gage will be any better than what he is. 
Um, Zacchaeus is kind of. He was pretty productive in games that Julio didn't play last year. Um. Anyway, moving on to the tight ends. I'm I'm gonna trash talk Jake's boy real quick, Adam Chapman. I just think I don't mind the player. The price of nearly tight end one already is kind of nutty to me. Um, I guess Lewis agrees with me here too. It's just it it's kind of like you're expecting. Uh, I forget who Frank was talking about earlier. Uh, Sam Darnold. Frank was talking about you're paying the price for him to be good, like what you expect him to be, and that's kind of what we're doing with Adam Chapman this year. I get that he does have the opportunity to be good, but we're already paying that price right now. <laughs> and we already got the jersey swap. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Sorry. If you're on YouTube and you just saw what jersey Frank threw on uh, or Twitch. Uh, but I just think we're, we're already, like, he's not going to get much higher than that. Like, where are we putting Adam Trotman? Like, we're, we're putting him almost in the Dallas Goddard Noah Fant range, which is – Nutty, like the dude's in his second year, he hasn't really shown you that much to make him that high. We're just really spiking his value to opportunity more than anything. It's called the tight end wasteland, JT. It's not I get that for no but... reason. I know, but no, opp- that, that is all that you is can bet on as a tight end is opportunity. Um, He's a I, waste lord at best. I, I liked Harrison Bryant more last year. I think Harrison Bryant's. Way I was lower, gonna say right? uh, for me, for me, I just compared him to someone like would I rather have Trobman or Cole Komet? That's close. It's close. That is close. 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 Neither did anything Cole last Komet. year. Neither did. They're, in, they're in very similar situations to one another. It is. Uh, I'm close to saying I'd rather have Frymuth than these guys, especially at the price. Um, the, yeah. the price. For, to be completely honest, you just named like the three guys that are na- all ranked like right next to each other. Yeah, um, well, is tight. Troutman is tight end eleven. Cole Komet is tight end, tight end twelve. I and Cole and, and Freer Muth, the Muth is tight end thirteen. You literally just named the tight ends all right next to each other. And yeah, well, I'd rather. Wait, 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 wait. Jake, 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 do you have the rankings pulled up? Tight ends, yes. Uh, who's fourteen through sixteen? Tight end fourteen is Hunter Henry. Tight end fifteen, Johnny Smith. Tight end sixteen is Tanyan. Deck, I'd rather have Johnny and Tommy. And tight end 17 is a guy that should be cut. Who? Oh, Ingram? Evan Ingram. <laughs> I'd rather what? have like every single one of those tight ends. Over where's time. Where's Logan Thomas in these? 18. Is he like 18? Tight end 18. Damn. No love for my and guy. Hig- Tyler Higby 19, Gerald Everett 20, Blake Jarwin 21. First all right, all right, all right. All right. Enough yeah. wasteland. I'm starting to see the tumbleweeds. Sorry, I didn't even get all the rankings, but Adam Chapman's tight end 13. Nick Vanette's not ranked, not worthy talking about. Then we got the Bucks with Gronk, tight end 31. Cameron Brait, not ranked. OJ Howard, tight end 23. Panthers, Dan Earl, tight end 46. Ian Thomas, tight end 49. Tommy Trammell, tight end 38. Kyle Pitts, tight end 1. Let's go. Hayden Hurst, 26. Um, the Bucks, we... we other than acknowledging Frank and his uh, Dan Arnold, and we actually watched Tommy Tremble, us two watched Tommy Tremble on stream. Um, I think the Panthers we could kind of avoid. I'd go Dan Arnold. <laughs> That's it. What, what do you want? mean avoid? <laughs> Dan Arnold's a dark horse to finish TE1 this year, right? That's yeah, not one overall. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Dan Arnold. You're the man. 
We're, we're, we got game. Game on the we got nothing but nothing but doubters except for me, Dan Arnold. <laughs> Right, Ian, um, man, Ian Thomas was such a disappointment. Every game when Greg Olson was a starter, he filled in, he played well, and then when he got I, given the starting role, he didn't do shit. All I I'm saying is, he was that dark horse guy. Ian Thomas. Yeah, because he would always play well. The first game I started, Dan Arnold, he dropped 22 points in a victory over Lunas. <laughs> that's, how, that's all I want to say. I love you, Dan Arnold. Look <laughs> um, at the. The Bucks. I still think OJ Howard is a fine. Like I think OJ Howard could break out. <laughs> like it was. It was like a three-point win too. <laughs> Can we yeah. stop talking about OJ Howard, please? Like, I, 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 I'm still. I like. I still believe in OJ Howard. I still believe in OJ Howard, man. Last year, I know it was only one game before he got hurt, but in the one game, he didn't look bad. Didn't he catch a touchdown? Yeah. In seven snaps, like what? He's currently, he's currently ranked behind Anthony Fersker. Like Anthony Fersker is nothing to me. He's Man. nothing. I, w- he caught I touchdowns against what, the Patriots. I, That's I, all he's living off of. Uh, OJ Howard should be way higher, in my opinion. He's the backup tone. He, he's the guy that I don't even think he's. Might, I think he might start over Gronk. I was to gonna say. I think he's gonna start. Um, I like. I wonder what his price is, man. I have no price. Okay, okay. okay. Check check this out with OJ Howard. Okay, real quick. This is the last thing I'm saying on OJ Howard. In four games last year, and the fourth game he got injured. And so first game of the season, he had four catches for 36 yards and a touchdown. Um the second game, uh this is a bad one. This is a bad one. He had one one catch for eleven yards, but then games three and four, he had three for forty-nine, and then four this is one he got hurt where he only played forty percent of the game. He had three for fifty and a touchdown. I hate it's you, not Frank. like terrible, terrible. You guys Wait, are all playing over trash, man. <laughs> Here's the tight ends y'all just mentioned. I got them all on the screen. No, OJ oh, Howard's no. my guy. OJ Howard's my guy escaping the wasteland. OJ Howard, he's not, dude, he's not even waste lord category. He's in the dynasty, I right believe in him. In the dynasty red, I hopped in and made my first comment, and it was like spicy takes, like which guys you think are gonna fly over. I said OJ Howard's gonna pass Mike Gesicki in value. They're like a hundred spots like apart if you trade cut. Thank I you. I like that take. Um. Anyway, skipping over Frank's boys and Dan Arnold, we've covered Kyle Pitts enough. He's he's a beast. Uh, yeah, I love think him. we need to touch on Kyle Pitts. Hayden Hurst, though, I do think like. There's going to be times where Kyle Pitts gets lined up as wide receiver. They do two tight end sets. I I think Hayden Hurst is getting knocked a little too unfairly. Um, that's all I got. Like I don't really have much more. He's a, waste, that. He's a wasteland he tight end. He he's going to he be a touchdown dependent tight end. Yeah, probably three. Yeah, like so what those guys all wasn't he a first round pick? Yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah, I don't know what Frank's pointing to. Oh, oh. I can't tell what that is. There we go. I, I found a whole bunch of Hayden Hurst on Google Images. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, old. Didn't Hayden yeah. Hurst go to South Carolina? Yeah, and I'm calling him trash. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's all you know. All right, yeah. let's wrap it up. Let's yeah. wrap it up. Uh, we love Kyle Pitts. I don't... I don't know what else to this, say. This but, is a Kyle Pitts podcast. Cameron Brait is better than Hayden Hurst. I agree. I don't. I don't necessarily. I still like Cameron Brait too. I think also, dude, Gronk at tight end thirty one is a huge value get. I well, really like Gronk at tight end thirty one. Here's the thing. Um, 
how confident are we that he plays another season after this one? See, the thing is, you just have to – here's the thing with Gronk. You just got to wait until, like, week seven or eight. Once the games actually start getting, like, meaningful, then Gronk is going to start turning it up. You need to have a tight end for your first – you're, like, the beginning of the of the season – and then you can start plugging in Gronk, who will start like actually playing. Uh, I would feel terrified if I had to start Gronk for a game. Dude, I lost two championships to guys with Gronk, and he started going off. Did he? Did he start? What do you mean? Did he, like on their teams? Yeah, he dropped like twenty plus in each championship game. I mean, they played the Lions. I also oh, hammered. That was yeah. I hammered the Bucks that week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? Um, all right. Wrapping it up, we're going to talk about our NFC South teams that are most likely overperform and underperform. And almost across the board, except for Jake, we're all saying that the Bucks are going to overperform. I love this team. Like, almost all of these players, I'm very much in on. That's um, the Steven core. Their running backs yeah. are underrated. Tight ends um, are solid. They're, yeah, the tight ends are underrated. And you got Tom Brady. So. Yeah. Second year, um, that offense, too. He's going to be Jake is too busy with Adam Troutman. But yeah, I guess I just. It's literally not about. It's not about (laughs) the tight ends. Let's be honest here. You're blinded by a waste lord. No. I I think it's about Jameis. Jameis, it's the combination. I think the combination of Jameis and Taysom, one of them is going to finish, you know, a a high end QB2, maybe sneak into that. Probably not. Never mind. But <laughs> I'm not going to go any higher than a high QB2. No, I'm not going to go any higher than that. But Dude, I mean, uh, when you have the guys like don't Al- have a single player ranked top 12 in any one of these positions. Meanwhile, they're going to come out here and have like a, a probably a top five offense. The Bucks are my second choice. I just think the combination of Kamara and Latavius Murray and then Michael Thomas and uh, someone on that receiving core is going to step up. I don't know Trauman. who it is going to be. Trauman. <laughs> 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 no, I, I just like the Saints. I think people are going to underrate them just because, you know, Breeze is gone and, and, the, and, and Michael Thomas is starting to age and Kamara is starting to age for a running back. So I think they're going to be underrated, and I think they're likely to outperform a lot of people's expectations this season. So I think the Bucks are an easy pick that you guys all took, so just me. Okay. I like the Could we all agree, though, that I think if we were all asked what order these teams would rank, like, rank in and as far as like fantasy-wise is concerned, it would most likely go Bucks, Saints, um, Falcons, Panthers, right? Is that what we're saying? Ooh. I don't know because the, the Panthers do have CMC and DJ Moore, so I, I do, I do think that's right. what they point to. I I think if you ask most people though, I think they'd say the Falcons is close, but that's kind of um, where I want to get. Um, to. If if Jameis if Jameis starts the the Saints will finish second. If Taysom starts, they will finish lower. That's my prediction. You're just a hater. That's all you want. <laughs> I just I, give me the quarterback who can throw the football better. Well, all right, let's go. Team Come on. Lunas and I are on the the Falcons as the most team most likely underperform. I really was back and forth between the Panthers and Falcons. Uh, Jake and Frank have the Panthers as their team. It, this was the in thing general is, though, pretty hard to pick. The Falcons. Yeah. The thing with the Falcons though is that they're just gonna throw the ball a lot. Yeah, like I don't even. Their love defense is tr- Their defense is terrible. What do you like, say, Jake? 
It's going to be barn burners every game. Just teams going crazy. The Falcons blowing leads. It's going to be crazy. <laughs> like the Panthers, I, I think, actually are going to have a good team and like a good defense. I, I was on vacation. I met actually a lot of Atlanta Falcons fans. I hadn't really met before. I just, I hope for their sake that this How year. How bad was their like depression? Mellow. There's a lot. It was right after Acuna. Um, towards ACL too for the Braves. So, to be fair, they they've been down the Hawks go to the, They just got the Hawks. Yeah, injury, that's so. true. But they could they could have gone farther if Trey Young didn't get hurt potentially. But um, multi-sport podcast. Yeah, look at us. Three sports in one. Three sport podcast. Um, but I I just think for their sake, I hope that this season is just like. You know, they might not win a lot, but it just goes as expected. Like, you just don't get your heart torn out. Every, I mean, they are used to it at this point, but it's just so often. That's, I mean, that's they can't expect I, to do much, so I think it would yeah, be hard to break their heart. I, I just don't have high expectations for them this year. I I still, like, I like this team as, as players and everything. I just don't like what they're I have they're a question for you guys. If, if, they, if, they, if they have a top 10 pick next year, you think they go for a QB? Yes. I think it'll be hard not to. I think they do, which is going to be pretty interesting. With any top 10 pick. Frank's over there. Yeah. Well, oh, just look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Hold on. I got to. Uh, okay. Wait here's the, here's the thing about the Falcons that you guys aren't taking into account. Okay. He's going to pull up like Unicorn or something. No, no, no. Look at Arthur Smith, right? I'm going to pull him up on the screen. Here's Arthur Smith. Tell me this dude doesn't look like a chubby Nicolas Cage. A chubby Nicholas Cage. <laughs> well, we're gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. Falcons <laughs> to the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. I mean, if you believe that, oh that would be good on your other pod. Um, Did we just have a Nicholas Cage reference? We're also a movie podcast. He, he does look like a chubby Nicholas Cage. Dude, Nicolas he looks Cage. like a chubby Nicholas Cage. Look at Holy this guy. Shit. <laughs> I'm weak. Is, is this, this is a... before. This is before the. Uh, Oh dang, that was a funny picture. This is right before the morning coffee. <laughs> yikes! Major yikes! Look this at him; he's eyeing person. the prospects right here. Should, should we end the pod here? I feel like this is a good. Place yeah, to we should. We <laughs> should. Right. Episode forty-five in the books. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Thank you if you made it through this wild end, stealing the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Follow us on Twitch, YouTube. Subscribe podcast. I, I don't know. Anything yeah, and I know, and I know. Listen, it's I know it's rookie draft season now. Uh, if you missed either of the last two episodes, I know today we just went over the third round, but we talked about the second round last episode and the first round the episode before that. So check those out if you have your rookie by, draft coming up. By by the time you're hearing this, um, we might be doing our league oh, draft right draft. now. <laughs> it, it's do not, a live it's in a couple days, so we'll, we'll do we'll a live see. stream during some of it. Last we'll be coming back. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one. We'll, we'll be coming back with our picks next week. Uh, that might be X-rated. Really cares, but, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be X-rated. Right. Yeah. <laughs> See you, everyone. See you, guys. Thanks.